What's going on, everybody? And welcome back to the A Show, the 39th episode of the A Show. I am Justin. I have Meals with me right here. What's going on, Meals? 39 weeks, man. Hey, I know we say this a lot. Can't believe it. Can't, can't believe it. Still can't. can't. I'm sure other people can't believe it too. I thought they. You know. <laughs> I really, I really believe people can't believe it either. But we're here, thirty-nine weeks in a row. Shout out to everyone who's been tuning us since week one. Yeah, uh, uh, I mean, and and before we even start, I mean, we're gonna kind of be circling back around to the same topics again because <laughs> this week's been nuts. Right. But uh, I just want to thank everyone for the the huge outpouring of uh, respect and love and support on last week's episode where we talked about uh, you know all in and the Starcast stuff and. You know, that goes from Stat Guy Greg to uh, the whole Russell Rap account to uh, Kaz, who works at WWE now, um, everybody who who showed us love last week. Um, and, and really, you know, I, I took that as a call to arms and I feel as though everyone received it the right way. I think so. I think it's a, you know, I was very gracious by people who said this was an important conversation to have. And it's something that doesn't it's not really had quite a bit. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm very privileged in terms of everyone just saying, like, yo, listen to this. Make sure you listen to it. All this other stuff beyond the actual like wrestling scope of it all. But it was definitely a conversation that needed to be had. And I think we both got out a lot of things that we've been saying that possibly people may not have heard. Um, but they're hearing us now. So yeah. you know what? Shout out to shout out to everyone who tuned in. Shout out to one everyone who listened to that episode and decided to listen to episode thirty nine as well, and you know revisit a couple ones. Shout out to everyone who just feels the exact same way because you're not the only one who feels this way. I've gotten right. DMs, I've gotten texts, I've gotten all these other things regarding this episode. So it's it was pretty good. It, it felt pretty good, especially after the shitty feeling we walked in with last week's episode. Yeah, it was. Uh, I mean, I, I, I still feel shitty about certain news that's come out, but oh, yeah. uh, I, I for overall, I still, feel, I, you know, I feel really good about where we're going as far as people of color having representation in the pro wrestling space. And, you know, it's a fight that's going to be ongoing, uh, but it needs to be, it needs to be uh, had, it needs to be said. And right. I'm glad that we had that conversation, but, you know, it's very rare we get, we get guests on the show and I just want to get right to the guest so he can join us for uh, all the festivities of this week and have his conversation skills uh a really good young friend of mine his name is cyrus i'm pretty sure you guys have seen him retweeting very disgusting things on your timeline at h underscore visibility uh cyrus what's going on welcome to the show i do not reblog disgusting things but i'm happy to be here <laughs> and, and cyrus you're you're kind of like a you're like a very polarizing member of, of our own russell chat you hate everything that's Oh, sure. I, I agree with this uh, statement. <laughs> Mr. Cynical. More cynical than Mills, I must say. No. I, <laughs> a little bit. No, I'm not. I feel like we're in the same cynical boat, traveling down the same cynical highway towards the same cynical goal, somewhat. But, you know, I, I get off at a different lane. I think he gets down a little bit further. But we get... <laughs> It, it, it's just similar, but I, th I think slightly more cynical. But you know what? Welcome, welcome, my friend. Thank yes, you. it's I been a long intro. time. It's been a long time coming. You've been asking to be employed by the RNC under the RNC umbrella for a while. Uh, oh, yeah, I'm, this, I'm really this pitching is, for it. This is your tryout match at the performance center right now. Oh man! Drop down crossbody. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Collar and elbow tie up. Let's see the form there. Yeah. <laughs> 
Jesus. Uh, <laughs> we're gonna get right into no holds bar. We have a pretty stacked show this week. Shit actually happened. Yeah, we were <laughs> we were ready to talk about NXT this week, and then stuff actually happened. So I guess we gotta <laughs> move that back. But shout out to stuff actually happened. Applause to that. That that deserves some sort of applause. Like stuff actually happened on the shows that we normally for like the last like nine shows have not wanted to talk about. <laughs> like i i have to say like i, I mean th- shots to everybody who said that we should talk about nxt i absolutely agree that we should uh we will have the uh by probably next week and this is going to be full spoilers um we're going to have the nxt brooklyn card they're, they're they're taping the last episodes of nxt before brooklyn today so uh if you you know we're gonna have a car by next week so we're definitely going to be more ready to talk about the actual p- performance and the report card by next week so uh actually i implore everyone to come up with their own nxt grades and report cards have them ready for next week and then we'll give you guys ours and i'm pretty sure that people are going to call this racist again oh yeah easily 100 <laughs> can't, can't wait to see that <laughs> it's going to be not i mean anytime we do a list it always goes up so well uh, speaking about racist <laughs> <laughs> speaking of racist speaking of racist because i just couldn't I, I couldn't let that segue just float by yes <laughs> uh speaking of racist uh i mean this this pretty much popped off uh there there was word that it had happened uh, or that he flew into pittsburgh saturday or, or early sunday but uh, hulk hogan returned to wwe will not return in the full form he returned as in he got reinstated into the hall of fame if you remember correctly about four years ago he was uh basically fired and banned from the hall of fame because of these statements that he made on video about black people calling them the n-word um just really wild stuff that he said in that transcript uh, or actually in the, the actual video he returned uh backstage at the extreme rules pay-per-view they wwe flew in people that were not even working the extreme rules show did not tell them why <laughs> didn't didn't tell them why flew them in they had a meeting where uh hulk hogan basically uh <laughs> he basically apologized and said uh this would have never happened if i knew that i was being filmed or recorded at the time uh from what people say and, they, and a lot of people have been reporting about this ryan satin has a pretty good report about it uh it was actually capped off with triple h talking about the dangers of social media hulk hogan doing his spiel and then mark henry ending <laughs> yeah mark henry ending it by giving hogan his stamp of approval um this sent shockwaves throughout the whole you know pro wrestling world you know people are i think i think it's pretty not even divisive it's pretty much agreed there is no reason why he should be reinstated at this time or or any time it's it's not it's not divisive to us you know people of color but i actually did like you know what i did the thing i went on twitter and i decided to search i'm going to search hulk hogan um you know hulk hogan's name all after the thing and a lot of people were actually you know you know a lot of people who you know may not feel the same way we do there's a there's definitely a group of people that definitely was just like yo you know welcome back hulk you know good to have you back you're back where you belong blah blah blah, blah. and it's you know yuck yeah <laughs> I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree 100%. Um, the fact that they, they managed to, first of all, bring me in on my off day. That's a, that's strike yeah. one. Um, not tell me that Hulk Hogan is there. That's strike two. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 
then when Hulk Hogan is there, have him talk to me about wait, first of all, Triple H talking about the dangers of social media to sort of prelay like <laughs> to preface all of this is just like, listen, you guys gotta be safe on social media. You know how it is. And then have him get into Hulk Hogan apologizing about, you know, just the words that he said that he was caught on camera and all this other stuff. And it's just like, oh, man, I, I could not be I would feel a type of way if I were if I were there. One hundred percent. Yeah, uh, it, it is like Cyrus. How did you feel when you when you first heard about it? Were, were you or were you, you were watching when he got fired the first time, right? Mm -hmm. I was watching wrestling around the time, but like, I don't understand why he's back. There's been reports that they're going to do the WWE 24 on Hulk Hogan. And it's that was like, debunked. That was debunked. Okay. So it's just like, what do we need him for? Like, I what's think the purpose. I, I, and I, I've been, tr it's been killing me to try and figure it out. If it's not being recorded, of course, and that got debunked by James Ellsworth. Um, who said mm -hmm. on his podcast that it wasn't recorded and that you know it was just basically all hands on deck meeting? If that's not the case, then he's I not going like to be an ambassador. One. I feel like they're still recording one. Like uh, to or me, just, ha just having him speak in it. Yeah. I feel like maybe they didn't record that entire appeal because there's no way to tell how people are going to react. Um, I think I feel like if there's a pushback. There absolutely could be a possibility that they they like renege on this or to have him just be in the Hall of Fame, but nothing else. Right. It's a you know it's a, it's interesting why they wanted him back in the Hall of Fame. I think he campaigned a lot just to get back himself mm -hmm. and get back in a lot of you know the the good graces with you know the WWE because he's have he's had had this like on and off relationship with the WWE for you know he he's been hot he's been cold he's been on he's been off they've been reinstated he's been not reinstated. This is coming just off the heels of earlier in the week you know the Papa John's controversy of of you know. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you know Papa John himself saying, "I I, I don't know his actual name. It's John. I'm sure it's John. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is John. Um, it is John. It's, it's John saying the N word and um, you know, getting pretty much not the boot from his company, but essentially being you know having to step down as CEO and just less than a week later, you know WWE steps forward and just reinstates Hulk Hogan. They feel like it's been enough time. They feel like maybe it's a you just no, and here's the thing: there is like, never going to be enough time. No, like, the mm -hmm. shit that you said is like there's never going to be enough time. And, and and you mentioned like this is coming off Papa John. This is also coming off. I, I keep it a hundred. It's coming off last week and and what happened with Starcast and everything that happened with people of color. It's like we said, a lot of people said we have no representation and no one cares about what we think or how we feel. And this happens, and <clears throat> it's just like it's proving us right. And then you have some of the people. That are actually on that Starcast card, or some of the people who are cheering Hulk Hogan for being back. So it's like it's it's proving this right. Mm -hmm. I think one of the most um, what everyone sort of was worried about, not worried about, but at least anticipating or you know wondering about is first of all, it's not what James Ellsworth thinks about this. So I'll just keep it one hundred. No, no offense to James Ellsworth, but no one really uh, cares about what you think on this matter. <laughs> He, he seems to be on our side, though. Yeah, he, he, I, I will say, and, and this is reported in Pro Wrestling Sheet, of course. Um, Je Ellsworth said that he, he, he said that he, he feels like everyone was accepting of his apology, but he added that he didn't, he didn't like agree with what Hogan said in the, in the audio. But he does believe he feels sorry about it, and he said that he wouldn't comment if he didn't believe that. And you know, like again, 
we can all like thumb our nose up at that. We weren't there, but at the same time, again, like Mill said, we can't really hold everything James Ellsworth is saying. But I, I, I do fuck with him for saying he didn't agree with anything he said. Right. Yeah. Well, I, I really, you know, shout out to James for that. But it, it really doesn't matter. But I mean, we've had you know statements. We've had Mark Henry, who who essentially believes that he does feel genuinely sorry for what he does, and but he, you know, he has stated that Hulk Hogan still has more work to do. Um, we've had uh, Kofi sure. Kingston. No, he, Co- yeah, he represented the, the whole New Day. When he the entire there. New Day, yeah. He sort of represented the New Day. I mean, good for it. I mean, I like that Kofi Kingston represents the New Day. And sort of releasing a, you know, an iOS public statement um, regarding and pretty much saying that, you know, they respect WWE's decisions as a company and they're going to do what's best for them, but they, you know, do not necessarily agree with or support nor, you know, you know, yeah, any of the Hulk Hogan shit, any yeah, of his shit, and and will not be and will not feel comfortable or you know working with him in any sort of capacity moving forward. Which I think is pretty, you know, I think it's something where I feel like they. I, one of the jokes I had just initially off rip was like, oh, they're going to bring Hulk Hogan back. And of course, they're going to have New Day sort of parlay him. So it seems like they're cool and and, and and just sort of ease him back in. So, you know, they could say, hey, he's got black friends. You know, if, if New Day can get over, they can get over, too. And it's really yeah. it's really nice to just see that sort of New Day is taking a firm stance on this. And not in terms of just like hating Hulk Hogan, but, you know respecting themselves respecting their fans who may also be people of color who you know see the situation and could see a possible situation of new day associating themselves with hulk hogan and be like wow this is it not only does it look bad for them but it just looks bad just the optics of it all in 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 america and just you know siding with someone who said completely derogatory racist comments. And to be honest with you, I hadn't read those comments in, since four or three years. And then when I read it again, I was like, there's no way. He's fucking wildin'. Yeah, he's <laughs> wild. Like, there's no and, way. He literally the excuses called- <laughs> that he tried to uh, make up for is just like, we used to say it all the time, you know? Fuck no. Out in Tampa. Like, <laughs> fuck out of here, nigga. Fuck out of here, man. in Tampa. We say it all the time, brother. Like, like what? No. I, I, and again, I, I really respect what the New Day said. And I, I, I love how many of the wrestlers that are working there liked it or retweeted it as well. Especially Titus O'Neil, who they had a very vicious rumor going out about that he left the venue, which was not true at all. Yeah. Um, it's, it's Well, I was... I'm assuming he left because he had nothing to do. I don't assume he stormed out. Like, yeah. I mean, he wasn't really... <laughs> he wasn't at work that day. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't booked on the show, and they flew him in, and he's brought on his nice suit and everything like that, and they have him watch. And I'm sure Titus O'Neil has very strong feelings towards this. Just... Oh, yeah. Yeah, but... it, And he says he's going to, you know, he's going to comment about it officially later on, but it's just, yeah, you know... <sighs> I, I think that it's there. There are a couple of things that are very telling about this, and I've heard uh, a couple of things about it. Um, I think it's, it says a lot that Vince hasn't wasn't on Extreme Rules show at all. He wasn't backstage, and he wasn't at, at Raw either, from uh, reports that I've heard. I think that says a lot about mm-hmm. who made this decision <clears throat> and who wants to be held accountable for it, and who got thrown to the fire essentially about it. And I think there this is going to blow up way bigger. I think it's going to be a real big deal in a, a couple of days. And I think someone's going to have to answer for it. And I really feel bad for like Triple H and Stephanie because they're the faces of the company and they're going to have to be the ones that answer for this, even if they don't agree with it. 
it, it, it'll be fucked up if something else comes out for on their part, but it yeah. wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me. But it it would be this is something they've obviously taking a very long time in considering how they want to approach this, and they have had a relationship with Hulk Hogan in the interim. I mean, it's not like it was completely dead. It's just a relationship that was not no longer a business relationship, and they want to i guess move forward and believe that people can move forward and people can make changes i mean we've seen in the wrestling business for a long time that people definitely can change but at the same time would you say these sort of hurtful you know vicious and and they're really actually hurtful like they're hurtful to people a lot of people are hulkamaniacs man like a lot like you've represented a lot of people back in the late 80s and early 90s and things like that and he was a hero to everyone and just to hear him say those words and just to hear and just to think that you support a man who you know says all these things it makes you think it really does make you think it's like who else i mean we what's really going on how do these people really really feel yeah, I I think it, it's it's crazy because like we love this this shit so much, and I think with anything, whether it be basketball, football, anything, it's it's trash. And I think we like lose we lose sight of that a little bit. Like wrestling Especially is just the NFL. Yeah, like we 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 attach ourselves to certain things, and it's like it's all trash. It's like this big trash spiral that brings us so much joy and so much pain, and. I don't think I felt as as betrayed and hurt by by something as I did on on for the past two weeks about something I love, and it just p- puts it in perspective that it's like you love these things, but you also have to learn to love them at a distance sometimes. Yeah, and and that I don't know business and you know racism apparently do not mix. I don't know, like or or maybe they do. Who knows? I don't know, but it's just <laughs> like. But this is being courted as a business decision. I'm not sure how much business Hulk Hogan's gonna. I mean, he's he's a fair amount of business. He's still an icon, and I'm sure if you look outside of just the spectrum of the United States, maybe he's accepted. You know, I know they're having that big show in October or November or something, and maybe he'll be on that card or something along oh, those no. lines. I think it's suicide. I think it is, and I was just gonna ask you guys this: like, do you think he's gonna show up on TV? I think that they are absolutely going to keep him off of TV for as long as possible until like the smoke is finally clear, if unless something pops up. Because I feel like if this becomes a bigger issue that like CNN picks up on it or something like that, which realistically could happen because ESPN's already reporting on it. I think they'll they'll renege on that and just have him in the Hall of Fame and nothing else. But I do think it's suicide if they have him show up on TV at this point. I think there will be a public statement before he actually officially shows up on TV, or at least a, and whether that's by virtue of a WWE-produced documentary or sit-down interview or just something in general. But I do think there will be a public statement. I think he made sure, or at least they made sure, that they apologized to pretty much everyone that he worked with um, first. And then he'll, because he hasn't, I mean, he's gone on, you know, the news and and said all the things, but I think he was going to have another public apology, I think three years later down the line before, and then they'll start incorporating him into shows. But I do believe he will be back on television in some sort of capacity, not an active capacity, but I I do believe he'll be back. I, I hope he gets booed out the building, no matter where he shows up at. Oh, he will be. I think, sir, I think if he showed up in New York, I think he'd get booed. I mean, this is a this is a, this is America, right? This is the, the same America who you know the president committed like an act of treason like two days ago, and it, I'm getting into like my Eric uh, moment, my Eric Abrams moment right now. Um, <laughs> 
shout out to late fees. Um, the committed the act of treason two days ago, and for some reason, like beyond that, beyond you know allegations of you know adultery with a stripper, beyond a whole bunch of just other things, just what's going on, you know, at at our borders right now. Beyond all of that, he's still president, and there's been no you know movement to sort of impeach him or anything like that. So to me, this is kind of it's it's the fucked up way it is, but it's just this is America. No, you know, no childish Gambino at the moment, oh, but God, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is what right. it is. Let's, uh, yeah, let's let's move on from this. So we'll, we'll, of course, as always, keep you guys posted uh, as, as anything pops up. I, I did want to do like an emergency episode when he got reinstated, but I was like, I was like, let's just wait till we can have a blowout and we can wait till all the information is presented itself because there was an idea that there was a there was a deal presented or there is a deal on the table for Hogan and. I mean, I'm of the mind that I think that's absolutely true, but I just think it will be, I think he's going to be like a traveling ambassador talking about like what he did with the boys and girls club. He's going to be doing like, mm-hmm. like be a star and stuff like that. Right. I think he's going to do that for them. That'll be wild. Which would be, I mean, <laughs> what, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would be, I'd be like, whatever. But I mean, I think that's where they have him at. Don't have him on TV. Uh, next racist. thing I want to talk about. Uh, the be a star. <laughs> Uh, the new NXT recruits reported for duty this week, uh, and and I mean, some of the big names here. Uh, they had a 24-year-old gymnast, Stacy Irvin Jr., a rugby player named Luke Menzies, uh, independent uh, wrestler. Her name is Lacey Lane. I thought her she's pretty good. Uh, a huge uh, former boxer named Tyshawn Dong. Uh, uh, MJ Jenkins, who used to be on Impact, she's now going by Monique Jenkins, and uh, All-American wrestler Denzel Dijonet. But you also have, of course, the big three here. You know, whenever they do these, like, performance center things, they always have, like, the other guys that are, like, whatever. They might be from Impact or from, like, another country. And you have, like, some, like, some huge signing. So you have Diana Perrazzo, who's shown up on NXT and uh, for a while now. A lot of people have been wanting her to be signed, as well as Santana Garrett. But uh, you also have Io Shirai, who we talked about uh, about two weeks ago on the show. We know she was coming to NXT. And you have Keith Lee, Bask in His Glory, PWG and uh, MLW Zone. He had a great showing at WrestleMania weekend against uh, Cassius Ono. He's finally signed. He looks like for 55 years old. He's really 34 years old. <laughs> he confirmed on Twitter. He confirmed on Twitter. But uh, they're they're now here. So uh, and and EO and Yano are confirmed for the Mayon Classic as well. I think that was pretty much a given uh, with who they were. So how do you guys feel about these new signees? Go ahead, Sai. Oh. Um... <laughs> Really excited for Keith Lee. Uh, I've seen some PWG uh, DVDs, and hopefully uh, he really stands out. Uh, with uh, Hopefully he has a match with Cassius Ono again. I didn't get to see that at uh, WrestleMania weekend. Uh, Dono Perez, how do you say that again? Diana, Diana, bro. Diana oh, man, Peraza. don't tell me you're, you're millsing this right now. What, Diana Perrazzo? No, I... I I know who she is, but I haven't seen any uh, matches from her. So hopefully she shows out at the May Young Classic. Uh, Shirai, I've seen matches uh, of hers. Maybe it's uh, maybe she'll be the winner. Who knows? I don't I mean, know. I don't. I don't know if she'll she'll win the May Young Classic. <laughs> I don't know. I got to see everyone who's involved, but I mean they've they've done a great job at announcing it over the last couple of weeks, and just I think it's it's garnering to me more excitement than the first one. And I just hope they don't drop the ball because I really kind of feel like they did drop the ball with the first one. 
Um, I felt like it wasn't like uh, enough of a publicized thing. It kind of just rolled out all at once in a sense. Um, and then like pretty much people who were involved with the first one were never really seen again, or maybe they're seen sparingly, but I feel like, you know, I feel like it's just, uh, with these new recruits, I feel like it's, it's a, it's a solid group of recruits. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the reason why WWE really started publicizing a lot of their tryouts because we know they haven't done that in the past, but now that they're getting like these world-class athletes and they're getting, you know, these, you know, top name wrestlers and all these other stuff, they're really beginning to publicize it. So I think, you know, a good idea on them. Um, and, and, and we've got a strong batch. It makes me wonder more so like, Yo, we've had we've had tryouts before. How many people are really at that performance center? Like it's a got lot. A, it's, it's a <laughs> lot of people. It's like a lot of people, like, and it's it, and it makes me wonder what's the pro- because it's like you think of the performance center and how many people have been signed already. Like not everyone's making it to the main roster, is it? Like it's a lot of people. I mean, I don't want to be, you know, as cynical as Cyrus, but it's just like <laughs> it's a it, it's a lot of people. So I'm wondering, like, yo, is everyone gonna make it? This it, it, is crazy, but you know, the process has worked. Got to trust the process in the WWE. I feel like you know we're gonna make these things happen, and and we'll see how it goes from here on out. But you know, props to everyone. Props to everyone who's you know, you know, made it thus thus far and starting their journey at the Performance Center this week. Yeah, I, 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 I like uh, they're both going to take some time. Um, I, I just think the Keith style is, is very, um, I think Keith style is very, very indie-rific, right. <laughs> if you will. <laughs> and he can't have those types, he can't have those types of matches on uh, WWE programming. So it might take a little while for him to get like the match stuff down. But I think promo wise and, and just delivery wise, he's fucking great. I think he's, he's got it already. Well, I think I said that I, I, I thought 100% the same thing about Ricochet when he was coming in. And I feel like he's definitely slowed it down to a much more WWE style pace mm-hmm. and a slower pace. And, mm-hmm. and one that's, you know, less flippy for the sake of flipping i which i feel like to be honest maybe someone like leo rush could you know stand to work on a little bit even though he's very he's insanely quick god you know um but i think i think he'll i think he'll come along no doubt i think the if if there's anyone that's making it to the nxc roster first it's got to be keith lee um They've done these things where they've signed these guys and immediately, you know, head them to television if they have a, a some sort of at least a couple of years of wrestling experience. So I think he's a, we'll see him maybe before the end of the summer on NXT TV. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, I and again, I I think Io, again, her upside is massive. She's she's a star. She looks like one. I, I think that she is insanely beautiful. I think she's insanely talented. She's she's got it all going for her. That they're gonna. I don't know if she's gonna win May Young Classic, but I, I, I do see her shoe. Because the thing is with with that. Okay, we'll talk about NXT. We'll just talk about next week because I got I got booking for her already <laughs> in my mind. Um, but let's get to the the New Japan the the G One Climax Twenty Eight the first week. Meals, you watch any of this? <laughs> Shut up! Why are you laughing? I've I've not. 
I've <laughs> I didn't see anything. I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't see anything. It's a lot of shows to catch up on. I'm doing like I have multiple things going on. Um, I'm preparing for uh, another. Uh, I'm uh, I'm preparing for another podcast. Um, you know, all, all types of things going on. I did not be able uh-huh. to watch it, but I'm interested in what you guys have to say. So I'm I'm a, I'm a chill in the cut, and, and I'm gonna hear what you guys have to say. <laughs> I remember telling Mills on Twitter that the G1 has started, and he went, "Oh, already?" Like I didn't know. All right, so I thought <laughs> I thought it was starting on like Saturday, like. Saturday, Sunday, but apparently started Friday, Saturday. Ah, uh, it's it's a yeah. It started yeah. on the Friday going into Saturday. Yeah, I thought it was Saturday, Sunday. I didn't know it started already. I was like, all right, I'm behind. Fuck this, and so I'll watch it later. I'll definitely watch it later. A one hundred percent. Like, when's the next match is going on? Tonight, I believe Fuck. going into. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna try. Yeah. It's, it, it is uh-huh. hard because we we are on the uh, East Coast time. Uh, J Five got it easy. It's easier for me. It's yeah. Well, well, the latest show. Well, you know, Monday's show started at two a.m. for me, so I didn't watch that until the day after or the the morning after. Um, and it still took me a while to get through. And and I think that's just been a a, a theme for this G One as a whole. Like, if you acting like you excited for half of these matchups, you're a fucking liar. Because at the end of the day. <laughs> Some of these matchups are not that good. <laughs> like I, I think that some of these matches were were not not very good. And I think as a whole, I'm waiting for it to pick up. I think the one match that I think me and Cyrus could agree that I, uh, is far and away the best match so far is Omega Naito from night two, uh, yes. followed by uh, Zack Saber Jr. and Ibushi from night two. Also, I think Block B is by far the easiest um, of the two blocks to watch right now. Block A, I'm struggling. It, it's it's a hard watch. Uh, not not all the high hitting performers like Zack Saber Jr. or Obushi. Like Miro Suzuki is really like great to watch, but like all his matches aren't gonna be you know solid. Yeah, like the Okada match uh, or the or the Omega match he had last year. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I think that right now that we're we're firmly in a G one where it is very storyline based. It's this is more storyline based than they've been probably ever. And I'm talking like sports entertainment storyline. Like we're dealing with very. matches where D, DQs are rampant this year, and there was only one last year, and they've already run through like what two one of them already, or or I'm, they've run through one of them already. But a lot of distraction interference finishes, and I just don't enjoy that very much. I get that enough on Raw and SmackDown. I don't need that on my New Japan shows either. It's really weird to watch. And, it, and it's really weird seeing a DQ on the New Japan show because a lot of crazy stuff happens. Yeah, they, I mean, I mean, uh, Suzuki beats up referees all the time and he never gets he never gets disqualified for it. And he does it. And I believe in one of these matches, they uh, the Suzuki Makabe match. They beat mm-hmm. up referees for like five minutes and they don't get disqualified for it. <laughs> he was tossing his ass around. Uh, yeah, he was bro, throwing like, barricades uh, and then referees like stop it and then he just chucks him and then he goes back to the ring to try to count him out and then Suzuki goes back in and pushes him again. It's it makes it's it's crazy to see that, but having uh one of the firing squad interfere that causes a DQ. I think by by and large, block A is tough because that will be the that's the block that Tamatanga is no 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 that's that's not the block Tamatanga is sitting around. Um Block B is the one that he's going to be centering around there. 
because he's going to be facing uh he's going to be facing omega soon i, th- I think in, in about a week um but block a i mean it has okada there and it's funny that we hasn't even we haven't even mentioned him yet but okada isn't even wrestling the same style and he's already lost two times on the g1 so the big story there is yeah. can okada because you know they say like if you if you lose three times you're pretty much out of the g1 um will he you know as more uh suspense to him i think he's coming up block he's going to win because i mean I, I don't think there's anyone else that makes sense coming out of that block winning yeah but, like adam pay adam page the fuck out of here <laughs> bad, bad luck fale bro he's gonna come and face whoever in the in the finals you know fuck that uh, shit that would no, be terrible i i the big story here is in block B, will it be Bushi Omega, uh, Bushi Omega or Naito that makes it out? I mean, I, you can already write out Omega. I don't think he's going to be a two-time G1 winner, but right now it's down to Naito and uh, Ibushi. I think Naito is the shoe-in to win and, and beat Omega for the title. I think we'll ask for it in the fall so Omega can have Ibushi at Russell Kingdom. Yeah. Which, but, wow. which would be kind of disappointing because his, his reign won't even be that long. Yeah, it really won't. Well, the rain is already not looking too great. Like he won the title, and then his only good match was with Naito a couple of days ago. Uh, CEO not even didn't for the look title. too great. <laughs> oh yeah, no. not even for the title, but uh, the the CEO New Japan show a lot of controversy around that, and then uh, the Cody match from last weekend or two weeks ago was terrible. The, not great at all. <laughs> How, how do you feel about Jay White uh, right now? How he's positioned? He's beaten in just seven months. He's beaten Okada, Omega, and Tanahashi uh, clean. <laughs> how do you feel I, about the push they've been giving him? I don't understand. <laughs> I really don't <laughs> because he beat he beats like you know all these important dudes, but like he loses the title to Juice Robbins. Not saying that Juice Robbins isn't like you know important, but he's not as high as Kenny or Okada or Tanahashi, and it's just, where do they plan to go with this? Because I don't I want to see him in the finals. I think he's going to oust, I think he's going to oust Okada. I think it's really going to come down to that. Um, he's, of course, it wasn't clean. He beat him with a low blow. Um, but, that, but I, I think this is a, a larger storyline of the kid. Like, the A side is about the, the, I guess, the destruction of chaos and the reformation of it under Jay White. Because, I mean, you even see Yoshihashi and, and Yano they're different. Their attitudes are different. While very. Okada has kind of become more aloof. Yeah, Yano is very different. <laughs> His match with Ishii was too great. But hey, man, if this is what Chaos is gonna look like under Jay White, then I think Okada should really take a step back. Because this he is doesn't need Chaos time. anymore. I don't think yeah, he needs Chaos. He doesn't. But this is the first time Yoshihashi ever looked great to me. And if that's because of how Jay yeah. White's acting, Okada could go away. <laughs> for sure for sure uh so yeah for for the first week and I, and I guess i'll be coming back next week with with my picks from from that as well uh, i think we're both in agreement that everyone should check out zach saber jr and Ibushi and omega naito um and if you have the time i would i would check out maybe uh adam adam page and elgin was okay to me uh and i think that's about it for me for for the first week i wasn't i wasn't really feeling a lot of it yeah yano ishii is the is the match to watch that's probably. A, I don't know about that. Nah, that match was fantastic. <laughs> don't know about that. But uh, meals, are are you up? Are you still awake? Are you still here? I'm here. You're still with I'm us? Here. I'm sorry. We're New Japan talks over. No, I'm I'm sorry. Listen, Jesus the Christ. G- 
the G show is still amazing. Listen, and I feel <laughs> the G show is still a good one. I feel like that's what we need to call this segment, the G show, because you know, from time to time, you go talk about G one, and and I'm gonna just be here in the cut, and maybe I'll too, maybe I'll maybe I'll chime in from time to time if I you know catch a match or or something along those lines. But I'm gonna let the G show rock. I feel like the G show, you know, solid substitute. Hey, actually, the G show would be dope. Cyrus, if we just sat and talked about the G one for like thirty minutes every week. Oh Jesus, that means I have to stay up and watch the G one. See? Oh, never mind. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> never mind. That's that's East terrible. Right? terrible. That's, a, that's, a, that's a that's a favors. That's a that's a you and Chris Mack. Listen. Yeah. You, oh, Chris Mack gonna he gonna send me some CMLL links <laughs> or some shit. He ain't <laughs> Oh, the G show. You listen, watching all Japan. Listen, if you, if you, if you <laughs> love the A show, G show coming soon. I'm just to say that. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, let Let's get into uh, a show that had kind of the lowest lows <laughs> of the G1 and none of the highs. Uh, Extreme Rules. A lot of people are calling this the worst pay per view of the year. I don't. Agree. I don't agree. I, I think don't backlash, agree. But, yeah, I don't. <laughs> Backlash, backlash was terrible. I, I've watched. Yeah, <laughs> I've seen a lot of these pay per views. I, I Extreme Rules to me was a thumbs in the middle show. Uh, that was I, it was a very storyline focused show. Yeah, it was all about getting storylines over and bringing you to Raw the next night. Um, and all about I guess blow offs there. Um, I I think I don't I didn't go higher than four on anything. And the only thing I gave four was Nakamura Hardy, which I thought was tremendous. It was a tremendous match. <laughs> and, That's not uh, a match. AJ you can't Styles, give that a four. Come on. I give that four. Sorry. It, it it's lasted, emotion. It, it's I want to say it lasted it lasted less than three seconds, which is weird because it's like a three count that you have to do. <laughs> it was so, twelve okay. seconds. It was twelve seconds. No it was 12 way. Seconds. Fantastic. All right. it was, I went four on that. I, you know, why I went four on that because it was the perfect. It was a perfect encapsulation of what Nakamura needed to be. It rehabbed Nakamura and it actually made him seem like a threat because he needed to. Because the thing about it is, and this is one thing about WWE, like you, you end up getting what you want, just not when you want it. So it's like you wanted him to. You always wanted everyone wanted Nakamura to be a killer. He's a killer now. He he just it. killed Jeff Hardy in a couple seconds, and and but, they hate it. But it's like, what? Go ahead. He was an opportunist. I don't know about killer. It is a very opportunistic way, you know, to take advantage of a situation mm. that possibly no one was, you know, anticipating. Not even Jeff Hardy himself was anticipating this. So I think he's opportunistic. I don't know if he's a killer. But but look at but look at where he is slotted now. He is still in the upper the upper car of uh, upper regions of the card facing facing off against the top, you know the the maybe second or third top babyface on the show, and the thing is he might not have been AJ, but he still got the second belt. You right. know, like he's not he's been rehabbed, and and I thought that that really did it did wonders for Nakamura and it did wonders for their story for the storyline with Hardy because the thing about it is they, you ended up getting the match that they should have had on SmackDown a couple weeks ago. You ended up getting it on SmackDown anyway. So I, th- yeah. I thought that it was just tremendous in that in that way, and that's why I went four on it. Uh, and I went four on AJ Styles versus Rusev. I think Rusev showed out. I think Rusev showed out. I think Rusev has always been. I think he's been waiting for this opportunity for a long time, um, and he really stepped into play and delivered. And it was a, you know I talked about last week in our predictions. It would be great if Rusev showed out to the point where 
you know, this can con- become a continued thing. And maybe it's just not like a quick, you know, flirtation with the main event. Maybe he, you know, gets closer to that main event card. And, you know, we didn't see him on SmackDown this week, so it's yet to be determined. But um, he he gave a main event performance in this match. And I, I that's all really that, you know, people are really looking forward for, to from this match. They gave him what they want. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked it, but I, I think as far as everything else, I, I think the worst match probably of the year and uh, uh, on the show was Carmella and Asuka. I despise that match. I think it was absolutely terrible. I get where they were going with it, but I don't think Carmella is the one to do that with. Um, I, I get trying to give Asuka her heat back, but some I, would argue again, I don't think probably, this is the right angle to do it. Some would argue it's probably the perfect way to use Carmella because, for instance, you're not going to get like a, you know, three to four star match out of a Carmella. No offense to Carmella, but you're not going to get that. So she, I think, and, and we talked about this as well, in the first year of her career when she was a heel, it was pin drops. You really couldn't hear anything when she was coming yeah. out. So now she's sort of garnering their reactions. And I, and I sort of equate it to something like, you know, JBL's run in 2004, where no one believed he should be champion. No one thought he deserved to be champion when you had guys like, you know, Eddie Guerrero, Booker T, Rob Van Dam, The Undertaker, all floating on the roster, people who are obviously better than her. And it's a similar situation Carmella's in, where there are people, leagues better than her in the ring and maybe even on the mic and stuff like that. But they're using this as an opportunity to get over Carmella, and while I cringe because it's at the expense of Oscar, and it's not only at the expense of making Oscar look stupid once, but it's at the expense of making Oscar look stupid at least twice. Three um, times. Well, they made sure they made Charlotte look stupid twice too. Let's just be clear. They made I mean, but Charlotte, I mean, times it, it would. Sh- I mean, one was at Money in the Bank cash in. I forgot what happened on the rematch. It was on that. Terrible backlash. She got card. hit on the turn to she had hit on the turn on the turnbuckle and, and got hit with some stupid move that there's no way she like in, in a match after Oscar. There's no way Carmella sh- or uh, Charlotte should have lost to the shit that she lost to. Yeah, at the, uh, the, the backlash. The but I I think that again it again it is. I know people hate this, but it's like it's the way that it. they build heels. Yeah, it, I know. But the thing is, look at how they did it with Jinder Mahal. They had gender beat Nakamura twice. They had gender beat Randy Orton three times and they beat, you know, big time guys. And that's what they hope that would get them over. And the thing is, oh, it won't work. Yeah, you know, I we mean, know it's not working. We know it's not going to work. Yeah, I think it's not. just because it happens. Hey, so they have to try often. it. It happens so often as well, because you look on raw and, and, and what happens with the Alexa bliss thing. It's a similar situation to Alexa bliss. You know, I mean, I don't think they're even yeah. there to do what they do with Oscar with, you know, Ronda Rousey. I mean, I don't even think that's going to happen. Um, but it could. Who knows? Um, oh God, no. <laughs> but it, like it, it's a similar situation, and it's sort of the way they build these heels. But it's kind of like this. I I just wish it wasn't so common. And you know, first of all, what did you think about the Extreme Rules match between Alexa Bliss and Nia Jax? It was kind of really an afterthought to the entire Ronda Rousey thing, in my opinion. I did. I didn't like it. I I went two stars on it. Yeah, I I went two stars on it. It was, but they kept it short, and I I appreciated that. Yeah. More, more that that match had a whole bunch of stuff happening, and then I eventually just tuned out, and then Alexa Bliss retained, and I was just like, "Oh, okay, that happened." 
Yeah, it, it wasn't anything to sort of ride home about, especially I thought it could have, you know, closed the card and we had an entire situation online about what was going to close the card and what ended up closing the card. Um, but it's well, that a, match wasn't strong enough and I don't think the angle was strong enough. I think had Ronda been on TV for those, you know, these past three weeks, then you could have 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 had that close show and had to be completely chaotic. But this is a show that already had hella overbooking. And I, I, I don't think it would have paid off correctly. I'm just glad they didn't do the, the uh, you know, the expected with Roman Reigns and Bobby Lashley closing. And I think that they did that because they knew that we were about to get the fucking match again anyway. Right. But, <laughs> uh, how did you guys feel about the main event? And uh, I think a lot of people that are kind of looking at Seth Rollins sideways with how the crowd hijacked his main event. Well, for to me, just in general, in terms of the main event, I thought, it, I thought their Raw match was better for them than yeah. the actual Iron Man match. I thought the Iron Man match, just the logistics of how they decided to book this match, and it kind of overcomplicated a somewhat simple concept for a match. Um, that And it kind of threw logic out of the window with Drew McIntyre coming in, you know, putting in the DQ, and then sort of, you know, Dolph going up three falls right after that. Like that, that to me made no sense. Oh. It made sense in a sense, but then it also made no complete no sense. Um, a wild blowout. Yeah, it was. I think they wanted to have the, you know, Rollins was up three, oh, and then still lost the match, but I don't think they capitalized that at all on Raw um, because that's a, that's a definite narrative, but I think they just didn't want to make Seth Rollins look weak. Um, but to me, just a match, it was a, it, it Everything that I predicted, exactly how it went down, and I don't think it should have closed the show with the finish kind of like that. Um, I would have been. It was a boring. Lot. It, it was boring at times. I, I don't think it picked up to the last ten minutes. I, I was bored, honestly, and I, I don't think the crowd made it any better. I think you know, even if you watch it on mute, there are there is just middling parts of that match, and uh, it, it went fall for fall for like the first ten minutes, and then you know, it, it just it just didn't click for me. Well, you gotta, you gotta I get, ask yourself is. Sorry. Um, go ahead. I, I get where they were going with it, but I think my point of divergence is like we, we've gotten this match twice already. There was another time they went 30 minutes already and they didn't even do one pinfall. And yeah. then like the first five minutes you had like six. And yeah. it was like I was like, there was just a, a weird it was a weird way they structured this match. And I just feel like I would I would have rather they had a straight up match instead of an Iron Man match. I think Iron Man matches as blow-offs are way there's I hate Iron Man matches as blow-offs. I just don't like them. They don't always work. I feel like in a sense you gotta ask yourself like, is maybe five hours too long for a wrestling show <laughs> for a live crowd yeah. to just be sitting in their seats and then you close it off with a a guaranteed 30 minute match and kind of expect them to behave because they were kind of fine the rest of the show um yeah. I, th I thought you know for you know besides probably roman versus bobby which i don't even think they were completely wild or out of pocket for anything that they've done because it's kind of expected i mean they're rusev day chance they're rusev day chance on that they're rusev day chance right wrestling. Well, you know they hadn't seen rusev yet i'm sure they anticipated <laughs> rusev in this uh on the card already but yeah, I think maybe you got to reanalyze, which because I know by like when I went to SummerSlam last year, so it's like it's a seven hour card in a sense, um, between the two hour pre show and the actual five hour show. By that fatal four way match, everyone was like stupid, 
everyone was just cheering for any random shit that we could do. There was a beach ball. I think the beach ball put life into people because they were like, oh, it's the beach ball. I think that's why that happens because it's just, it gets so monotonous and boring when you're sitting there for five hours yeah. and you're seeing all these seven minute matches and, and matches that aren't, you know, the, the car didn't deliver to people to actually feel some sort of satisfaction from it. Um, that's why I think they kind of maybe reacted yeah. the way they did um, because nothing was uh, even remotely satisfying on the card. But yeah, extreme rules is not a great show. <laughs> not a great show. But solid show. Solid show. I mean, solid is even a, a bad choice of words in my opinion. Passable show. Oh, there was, we didn't talk about Kevin Owens or the Finn Balor match. Oh boy, uh, Kevin Owens <laughs> most improved twenty eighteen. That that motherfucker, he just don't care. I in the match ended the way I thought it did. I, I, the match ended the way I thought it would have um, would have mattered. They have to, like I said, they have to find some very interesting and cool ways to uh, make Braun Strowman lose because, like, <laughs> there was <laughs> nowhere to go. <laughs> of Kevin Owens' <laughs> life, <laughs> yeah, there was nowhere to go but that. To be honest, after everything they've done, after all the tools, they, there's really nowhere else to go. And it was a great visual, I think. Um, I'm interested in what happens from here on out. You know, Braun wasn't on the show Monday. Kevin wasn't on the show on Monday. Um, we haven't really, you know, seen what's going to go on there. Braun but, was there. Yeah. Braun, uh, Braun did have an interview segment. but he, Yeah, backstage oh. segment. But, like, they... they asked him well how come you're not putting your hat in the, in the ring for uh the title match and he was like oh because i have the briefcase and i was like uh okay <laughs> <laughs> and then right, nothing sure. else happened but that is i'm glad know. that they had so they i'm glad that they practiced some self-control and uh and did not have kevin owens show up on raw i'm glad they did i agree apparently he's really hurt from that fall he took with bruised ribs and a whole bunch of other stuff I mean, I saw the airbags, but I don't think the airbags going to stop us, you know, a 200 plus 240 plus pound man smacking the shit against that table as yeah. hard as he did from that height. Like I don't think it was it's going to hurt. Like it's going to hurt. For sure. Uh I, I again, I I went thumbs and rules. Uh I'm sure SummerSlam will be longer and uh, it might be better who knows just just strap in because you're going to be there for a fucking while we, we got five weeks away We're five weeks away from it uh let's get into our glow season two uh discussion here it's it's been a long time coming we've given you guys a very long time to watch this show I, I saw i saw the homie ampavelli i saw <laughs> i saw the homie ampavelli was uh was was binging it yesterday uh overall like i think glow season two was a very marked improvement over the first season in a, a lot of ways and not just production value just acting and and really just even the wrestling like everything to me yeah. was just taken up a step tenfold in this season i think they made a concerted effort to just you know i think they saw what happened with the first season and they were getting a little bit of traction and they made it a concerted effort to improve on it in sort of all aspects. I mean, even in the, the introduction of another character, Yolanda, who is like, you know, Latina and also, you know, gay and all these other things, including that with the wrestling thing, you 
open a wider scope of people. I mean, the action is a lot more, you know, there's a lot more action than there is in the, in the first, this isn't so much like we're teaching you guys about wrestling. Now it's now assuming that you guys know from season one. So in season two, we're showing out. And that's what I appreciated the most about this show. And, and they showed out, did a lot of new moves that looked very interesting in the way that they, uh, filmed the show. And, and a lot of, yeah, they did all their own stuff. Oh, yeah. they did. Mm-hmm. Oh wow! Yeah, they did their own stunts. All of them. they 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 insisted that they do all of their own stunts. I love yeah. it. Uh, I was listening to Melrose, uh, her character, and how they record when they take bumps. They don't actually like take the bump because they just kind of just take the uh, the camera away. So they do a lot of uh, yeah. a lot of their own stunts, and they don't even have to really take the full back bump. So they're more open to it. I mean, I think yeah, that back bump. I heard there's people who take back bumps and they quit the first day. <laughs> it's. I think you know, just the entire show. I thought the storylines were incredible. I thought the storylines with um, the most prominently episode four with with you know Kia Stevens, aka Amazing Kong, aka Awesome Kong, aka Karma. If you know her, um, if you're nasty, <laughs> um. <laughs> I thought that just amazing show of just like her, you know, having that performance, having to deal with her son, who's also a black man, and, and especially the times they were in at that time. And, you know, living up to a stereotype and having to sort of deal with, you know, the optics and, and, and just the narrative of maybe, you know, what you see on television and, and all this other stuff playing that sort of caricature of what, you know, and nothing moving forward with sort of being a black woman in America at that time. I thought that episode was incredible. Um, I thought, I thought the interactions between Betty Gilpin and Alison Brie, I thought those interactions, especially in the hospital, especially when she actually, she broke um, her ankle in that match. Yeah. I thought just that was those, a crazy. Uh, off the white, the, bro. Yeah. Just the way <laughs> off that white big facts. Um, I completely forgot about that. Uh, she was on cocaine wrestling. Um, <laughs> the 80s, when she baby. hit the coke, when she hit the coke, dog, when she hit the coke, she was like, "Yo, let go." I was like, "Nah, this ain't gonna end well," because that's the first thing they tell you when you when you learn about wrestling is not to be inebriated before oh. you go in that ring and take care of the person you're with. And I like the shame that she sort of got from the other people. And I like, you know, the, the sisterhood of it all, how they all went to the, you know, they all went to the hospital and they all shared her. And, the, but they also look, they frowned upon, you know, um, Debbie in that moment and just saying like, yo, she didn't take care of her or, you, you know, you let something else, you know, get in the way of taking care of what you were supposed to do in the ring. And I yeah. thought that was incredible. I thought just the interaction, the, between the both of them and when they were alone screaming at each other in that hospital scene, I thought that was very intense. It was very real. It felt it all. And just being like, you know, it, it, it's real stuff that happens. And, and I thought just the realisticness of it all just could have made the show. And, and, and it was just incredible. It was just to me, incredible. There's nothing yeah, more I, I can say. I, it was an incredible think, season. Yeah. More than anything, I, I, I think that, um, even just the that uh, they they kind of intertwined all the storylines this year. Even with the uh, uh, how all of the women kind of 
came together and it was just like okay this is way more serious than 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 it was first season because you know you will get fired and they fired off one of the girls in the first fucking episode you know like it's like <laughs> yeah like it, it was like it was like yo there's actually stakes here and it's like they're actually trying to do things and i, I love the interplay and the politics between them and the tv the tv station because that was a big yeah. uh issue that was a big point of contention with the original glow series where before they moved to vegas they were fighting for tv time on public access and then they got prime time and then they got knocked off prime time and then they had one of the best shows they ever had and now they're in vegas i mean now they're moving to vegas so you know i love the themes of that i love the themes of all of them sort of trying to mix their regular lives in with the you know their glow lives and essentially like their 12 weeks they're taken out of society in a sense and and having to sort of you know even in a sense with except Debbie sort of still having to have to go back to her own life, but her own life wasn't as glamorous as things that made it seem, um, which to me was a contrast with the other girls who wanted to go back in their real lives, but just couldn't. Um, I thought those sort of interactions, I mean, I think, you know, to me, Alison Brie did an amazing job. Betty Gilpin did an amazing job and she's nominated for an Emmy off of it. And I think it's deserved. I think it was, I think just, the wide range of characters and all this other stuff, I thought. And then also, like, how many times have you in the past have you looked at all these Monday Night Wars things with, like, Hogan having these creative controls, and now we see Liberty Bell kind of have creative control over a character and kind of what it does. There's real parallels between the actual wrestling business and the show that makes it incredible. As, oh, as she's so Hogan. Yeah. She's Oh yeah. As a wrestling fan to watch, so you get something as a wrestling fan and you also get the real life stuff that just as a general watcher of shows. Like you don't even need to know about wrestling. So you get you get kind of like fan service from both sides in a sense. I right, and I I think more than anything, I really enjoyed uh again, I I did enjoy Betty Gilpin and I think that uh Allison Bree's Ruth character she to me she was annoying as shit the first season to me i she was oh, like my least favorite character really i think i i think that i i actually sympathize with i sympathize with debbie a lot more the first season because that was it was still fresh for her it was it was she she was yeah. in a fucked up situation and ruth was absolutely wrong in the first season and she was acting like she wasn't i think she came into her own and she finally realized that this was something in this season that she was good at and that she wanted to do more than anything. And I think the biggest theme is that like there are certain things that you're born to do that uh you kind of go full full steam ahead on. And I think she was faced with that more her her own mortality there when she uh got her ankle broken and there was really nowhere else for her to go. Like she was punished for like the first four or five episodes of this season, dude. And and I think that she her growth from that really strengthened her on the on the last half of the season. And I really enjoyed that. Right. It's a I, it, I do have to. I do have to bring one thing. One thing. There's a. Oh, there is Lord. an. Uh, there's a scene. There's a scene where. Uh, there is we'll a. Not stop talking. Well, about I didn't this. even finish. I didn't even. I didn't finish. Oh, okay. There's a scene where, where Sebastian Bash goes in to clean up the, uh, clean up the studio where they record the show, <laughs> and Liberty Bell is in there. And let me tell you, still off I that white. Prepared. Still off that white. <laughs> still off the still... white. <laughs> I was not prepared. I was either. not prepared. I was not prepared. I was not. I was just say that. It... <laughs> so, are, are we gonna say what it was? I the wagon, 
bro. The <laughs> wagon. Looking healthy. <laughs> the dump truck, if you will. Oh, my God. Ass was sitting, bro. Listen, I don't know if they... I don't know if they did anything. I'm like, she worked out for the show, obviously. She killed it. Whatever she did. I don't know what she, role she was in prior. But she could not have. Wow, she's 31. Wow. I thought she's she was older. Age. I thought she was older. I literally that's thought she was all, that's older. That's all you, bro. That is. <laughs> hey, uh, to, to, to quote the great J5, he said, could put a glass on it. <laughs> I don't yeah. know what she was in before, but it was you know no. I don't think she looked 100%. as good as she did right now. Um, <laughs> shout out to Liberty Bell. Um, yeah, as, as as Big Dave would say, as Big Dave Batista would say, she has that for dunk a dunk. Another thing, I, another thing I did want to I did want to talk about talk uh, another storyline. Another storyline in the show this this season was uh, Sebastian and his butler. Did you guys catch the uh, the kind of the underlying thing going on with him and his butler? No, please do tell. Um, and this has been going around, and and on my rewatch of the show, I kind of get it more. I think that his butler died of AIDS. Huh? They I, said I it was asked... like some type of num. Go ahead. Okay, so I asked, why'd you come to that conclusion? And you told me, I've watched a lot of documentaries about AIDS. Yeah, so I have. I, I trust but they your said thoughts it on this. They said it when he gets the call on that last episode, they said that it was kind of like a, um, it was kind of like a pneumonia, like symptoms, and he just died. And if you notice when he, when he passed away, he had, like, Sebastian was cleaning his room. Like he had people deep cleaning the room. And you know this is the 80s, and no one really knew anything about AIDS at that point, and you know how it got contracted. Huh. But I think even an even an even deeper thing there is that I feel as though Sebastian is also homosexual. Huh. Huh. Remember when he went to the gay club, and he was very weird. He was very weird around all the all the people in the in the gay club, and he wanted to leave really quickly. That was like a super uncomfortable thing for him. But Machu Picchu, she wanted to stay. Yeah. That is interesting. I think that he and his butler, I think he and his butler had a, a, a homosexual relationship. But here's the thing. I think it also is going to intersect with Brit Britannica because he made that rash decision to marry her in the mm. finals, the final moments of the of, of the of the finale. He hadn't made a rash decision. He was like, it's okay, we can we can we can love each other second. And it was like he was trying to prove to himself and get over his feelings for his butler by marrying this beautiful girl and hiding it, basically yeah. being a beard for her. Oh my God! I didn't Machu even look Pichu into that. Was giving him that look when he said, "I will marry her instead." Yeah. Like she knew what was up. I thought she just was in love with Bash. Yeah, yeah. Machu Picchu. Machu Picchu. She knows. She knows. She absolutely knows. And I think that's going to be a really that's going to be a storyline to watch out for uh, next season. I don't think that he has it. I don't think he has it, but I think that he knows what was going on. He or he's he's he knows more than what he's putting on and. Um, I think that's going to be a really cool, a really cool storyline for Bash next season because there's going to there's there's very there's very not much for him to do when they get to Vegas. Uh, I I remember uh, if you watch the documentary, you know when they get to Vegas, that's when Glow really picks up and it takes off. So I think in season three, I would expect there to be a lot more women added, a lot more characters added because there's going to be a lot more uh, budget there. But I also feel as though it's going to be that's where it's going to kind of hit its stride. Like season three to me, it has the potential to be like the best season. 
I you know I haven't watched a documentary. Um, it's on know. Netflix. It's oh, on Netflix. Okay. It's really good. It's really oh, good. All right, so I'm gonna watch it. I'm gonna watch it. Definitely. It's it's the documentary that inspired the people who created the show to make this the, to make this show. Oh, okay. I'm definitely gonna watch it. I'm definitely gonna watch it. Season three sounds good. After that, that Vegas yeah. thing. I watched it. I watched it all in pretty much one night. I was hooked. I was hooked. I knew I was gonna be hooked this, the second I watched it. <laughs> and I'm just like invested in all these characters. I'm like, damn, everyone's amazing. Like this is incredible. I love um shit i don't know were, were you were you turned off by that weird porn stash guy like i was i was just like what is, what is she doing no. with this guy oh uh, no i wasn't i wasn't yeah i was just like yo the 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 camera guy i was like yo yeah, Russell. i mean he seemed like he looked shady at first he looked shady he looked like i mean he looks like i think he did say he recorded <laughs> porn before he did. Yes. He he used to work in porn. Yeah. And I'm just like, yo, get rid of the porn stash. But then it, you know, it became this entire situation and sort of rebound. I thought they had that creepy moment between Mark Marin and and and, and, and you know, between sorry, between Ruth and Sam, Ruth. where um yeah. Sam maybe stepped a little bit too far, especially after the entire, you know, other situation where the head of the network tried to uh, you know, sexually harass mm-hmm. Ruth. So it's kind of like to me, I thought. To me, I thought that part was kind of, I felt like it was a part that people thought maybe was coming, but I didn't know that they should actually have acted on it because it just well, seemed... It was a subversion. It was a subversion of their, they're kind of like uh, father-daughter. And yeah, and there, it was that moment of weakness that they finally had to define that relationship. Because in the beginning, I also felt like, oh, they're going to fuck this season because he's too like mad at her for yeah. just this one little slight. Or what uh, a perceived slight, and I, I love the subversion of the mother—not uh, the mother, the father-daughter situation because he, of course, also has a sixteen-year-old daughter, and he's yeah. and he also tried to have sex with her. So it's like he's trying to learn how to be a father and not a sleazeball. And I think that that was a good arc for his character. He is he—I think Mark Maron is to me. I didn't never expect a turn this from him. Like I think he's amazing in the show. He's really Hopefully good. he learns his lesson in season three. To just stop leaning oh. forward on women, it always, <laughs> it always turns out bad. I mean, it worked out always every single time. Shout out to um, I, I, I loved it. Um, what's her name? Gosh, who who was in the um, who was in the action movie, and then but was actually Cherry. terrible. Cherry. Yo, Cherry, yeah, junk chain or black killed. magic. I loved her turn. Yeah. I love her I, turn as black magic. She, she I said, lo- fuck this gimmick. Let me lose. And yeah, I love magic. that. I love the relationship between her and her husband. I love like all these other like she she was also I love just the little side story of just like yo, they made me fucking perm my hair. And it's oh, like man. I don't even look. I felt like heartbroken for her. I was like, damn, that is rough. They're, like they really they're like they're making her do all this stuff, but you know, you you she found out like what was probably the best for her in this situation. And I think, you know, it, these are real life things that happen and it just sort of shows the industry and it shows a lot of different things. That's what I think. I thought it was an amazing, you know, venture off. Yeah, I, I, I do. I, I really like that black magic. Again, you got to watch the documentary. She is a play on one of the characters from the documentary. And I thought that they, uh, they did that really well. Like that, that twist, but how, one more thing before we get off of, of Glow. How do you guys feel about the actual Glow episode that they made uh, mid-season to kind of break up the uh, last half and the, and the beginning half? I thought it was fun. Loved it. 
I thought it was fun. I thought all the storylines, I thought everyone got creative. I thought you became more invested in their, like, you know, separate characters after the, and then you kind of became, it, it sort of rehabbed Betty in a sense, and it rehabbed, you know, sorry, not Betty, Debbie, sorry. Um, oh, I was about to say, who's yeah, Betty? <laughs> it, it, it rehabbed. Same girl, same chick. Yeah, it rehabbed the relationship between Ruth and Debbie, and it, and, and it and it sort of, you know, rehabbed the entire series and showed them sort of moving forward. That I loved it. I really like that. The first season was all about putting the show together, and then you actually get to see yeah. the product a lot. Not just once, that one episode. They do it like three times, and then it became a fun clip show as well, mm -hmm. which I really enjoy. I, I, I really like the... Uh, just showing Zoya, or, or sorry, I'm sorry, Ruth, as Zoya and her sister. I, I mean, you can't find better writing than that. It's yeah. like, it's really, and, and, the, and the way that they did that, like I was watching it with my girlfriend, she was just like, oh, what are they doing that for? And I was like, they're, they're, they're doing, and it was like wrestling logic. I was like, they're doing this so that they can write off the storyline without actually having to put Zoya in the ring. And I was like, this is what they would do and then <laughs> on they the actual wrestling her, program. And then they put her in the ring anyway. <laughs> I mean, for that yeah, one it moment. Was a, it was yeah. a Kane moment, you that, know what I'm that, saying? <laughs> it was a Kane yeah. moment. It <laughs> <That> did happen. <laughs> Oh my God, I love it, it. it. I think to to be honest, like Glow is a it is a, a love letter to pro wrestling, and it's a love letter to women's pro wrestling. And I think there there's yeah. no better time for this show to exist than now. Um, it just means a lot to not only wrestling fans but women that love wrestling and, and women that aren't sure about it and, and might want to get into it. I, I think this is the best show to watch for, even if you're not particularly interested. I, I really think that they've got something going here. And season three might be to me like the best one yet. If they're if they're gonna go with what I think they're gonna do. And to me, I think, you know, there's rumors of an all women's show later this fall. To me, it's it shows like these. I mean, I'm talking about all women showing the WWE this fall. To me, it's, it's women's like it shows like these that shows you can have an entire roster of women, different personalities with different motivations, and still manage to make you know the show make sense and make the show enticing and be able to watch, and that there is some sort of you know audience for it. Like the glow is really helping with sort of you know while it's not helping directly, and while WWE seems to have no you know. Uh, has no stakes in it or has no involvement in it. It's really helping sort of pushing forward women's wrestling. And I really, really like that. Yes, and sir. Me, uh, I can't wait for season three. I think that we need to see more. Uh, we need to see more Liberty Bell. Just, you know, anyway, uh, <laughs> let's, 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 let's run through Raw and SmackDown really quick. Uh, there, there, the thing did happen this week. Uh, we, we have a, you know, I think Raw this week was way better than the past few weeks. I actually yes. was able to get through it this oh, week. Oh, it was way better. Um, I think that three-way between Roman Finn and Drew McIntyre, I think it might be one of my favorite TV matches of the year, and one of my favorite Roman matches of the year in, in a year yeah. where he has so few of them. Um, but what do you guys feel about the state of the Universal title? Uh, I'll just start with Cyrus here. What do you think about like how, how they're doing it right now? I'm glad they're finally taking action and trying to like move something uh, move forward with that title and try to make it seem there, you know? Because, like, the Universal title hasn't been talked about in, like, the past three weeks. Like, Brock Lesnar was mentioned, but, like, n nothing really. It was just, like, Roman and Bobby were just talking back and forth about wanting to face Brock. 
and I think more than more than anything, like with the title, it just it with it being back, the stakes are there again. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's more stakes again, and and I even if even if the the outcome of three ways are literally just what we thought they would be, <laughs> at least we might get a champion that's going to be on TV every week and and four weeks. It's literally what I thought it was going to be. Um, I feel, you know, it, it it felt good. You had these six superstars in the ring with a type of direction, and the direction was forward instead of not sort of this linear that's kind of going across. And it's like they're beating each other, but there's really no stakes to it, even though they're trying to make some sort of stakes to it. Um, there is, I, I really sort of like that. Just the introduction of the Universal ch- Champion, Paul Heyman being on the show in his moments, trying to you know scum his way out of out of a Universal title shot at SummerSlam, but it's going to happen. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to seeing. I don't think. Do you think we'll see Brock Lesnar before SummerSlam? Yeah, uh, yeah. Hopefully I think he's gonna be. Is he gonna? Yeah, I think he's gonna be a face-off. I think they have him for the Raw after. I think on the 20th? yeah they have him. Yeah, they have him for the Raw after in Brooklyn, but I don't see. I don't know if they have him booked before then. They're they're I gonna have to. They'll pump, do a face-off. Pump the pony of bread. They have to pay him for that then. <laughs> yeah, he's remember he's out of dates. He has no more dates. Yeah, he's like he's literally out of dates. So like I I don't know. Um, another thing that happened on Raw, Sasha and Bailey. Is it interesting again? It takes a tur- it took a turn this week. Uh, Odd. A lot of people are thinking that this is this is going to be a uh, well. Well, the, the big setup here was that they had to work together, and Kurt Angle said if they didn't work together on on Raw, they had one of them was going to get moved to SmackDown, which I think is still going to happen. But I think that uh, I don't think it's gonna a lot of people are thinking that I think take, I think it will happen because I think I I don't think that this is a lesbian angle, and I think people are jumping to conclusions because they have never. Uh, had good friends before, and they don't tell well, their friends that they love them. And I right, think, well, not on WWE television at least, and especially not two women on WWE television. So it's kind of like it's a different, it's a different sort of stake. We I think we've had that with men before, and we've had that sort of interaction in that relationship where they have with, with men who are just like best friends, but with women on WWE television, they're usually catty and they usually like secretly hate each other and all these other weird connotations that they have that they sell through announcing and all this other stuff. But I think just a genuine, real, it'll be interesting if they book this as like, yo, this is really just like a friendship. And these are the things that happen as a, at, while your friendship and maybe it culminates to a match where the, they respect one another a lot more after putting their bodies on the line again. But it's a, usually in sort of professional wrestling, you don't really see this sort of thing, especially two women saying that they generally, well, one woman at least telling that, like, I love you. Like, I, I love you. Is that what you want me to say? I love you. Um, I thought, yeah, right. I thought, <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay, wait a minute. Where they Sasha go- was tremendous there. Sasha was, was tremendous good, there. Good acting. I thought just be, by nature of them never doing this before, and I'm wondering, you know, what sort of caused this, but it's a, I don't know how many times they've actually used the L word in wrestling, the love word. Like, uh, is anyone <laughs> used uh, it? <laughs> Shawn Michaels to Ric Flair, I'm sorry, I love you. Very rarely. So you can see the sort of, what it sort of takes to get here at this point in the storyline in terms of them using the word love and love so intensely and just, I love you. Do you understand that? You fine. Is that what you wanted me to say? Like, I love you. Like you just don't get it. And then Bailey kind of having to figure herself out all after the fact. 
it could this could end up as a really silly thing where they just seem like they're riding it on the fly, or this could really be end up just like this like layered storyline when we're all talking about in 2019 of just like wow, remember when they went that deep with Bailey and Sasha and all this other stuff? Like crazy. They said the L word. <laughs> I, I'm looking forward for uh whatever's happening, even if they are just writing it like on the fly. I, I don't think it's on the fly. I, I say it's leading to a turn. Uh, it's going to lead to a turn on, on somebody's end. But I think the way that they're doing it is, is I mean, they got to end it sometime. And I and I think a, a move is great. You got to move these girls, these women away from each other. You know? I like, think it's progressive if they don't turn. I think if one of them doesn't turn. And it's just like, this is just how friendships work. And it's a different way to break up a friendship. As opposed to one is secretly jealous of the other, and now I'm hitting you with a chair. <laughs> like I think it's, I think it will be really progressive. I, I think, quite honestly, they should have a blow off at SummerSlam, and then Kurt decides to move one of them to SmackDown. And the uh, loser leaves Raw. Loser leaves Raw match. Yeah. Who do you want to go to SmackDown? Sasha. Sasha. Okay. Becky. <laughs> Becky's already on. Becky's on SmackDown. Becky's on SmackDown already. Who would I want to come to they Raw? They don't need another Bailey. But who would you want to come to Raw? It's a trade. Uh, Carmella. Uh, mm, nah, nah, it wouldn't be Carmella. She probably she's she's gonna have a match. Um, I would prob I would probably choose. I might choose Naomi. I would choose Naomi, but no. Nah, Actually, but, no. They're not gonna break up. They're not gonna break up couples. They're not gonna break yeah, up. Couples. They're not gonna they're break, break up couples. couples. I'm thinking Charlotte. But then it's like no. it's too obvious the Ronda thing, you know. But they have to get to there eventually. Yeah, and it's not to me. It's not going to be an interpromotional match. Yeah. Oh, that's for Survivor Series, baby. Can't wait for that. <laughs> yeah. Um. Gosh. That, that yeah. actually, Mills, you might be onto something with the Charlotte thing. I, I, I will. I will say you might be onto something because you got because you got to keep Sasha and Charlotte away from each other too. Yeah, because they've already done this like a million times. A fucking million times, bro. Like, so it, maybe, maybe. It's interesting. It's gonna be interesting. And speaking of the women, speaking of Ronda Rousey, what the fuck was up with her braids this week? I don't know what type of shit hey, she was man. trying. Or she was just like, "Give me that semi-soidal weight on my crack. forehead." Like, <laughs> it's just nah. It was just it. It looks, but you know what? I didn't notice it on Raw until everyone started posting pictures of it and i was just like oh that, yeah that looks fucking weird actually it, it, it didn't look bad in motion when she was running it was like oh she's a badass of course she's got her hair braided and then it's kind of like uh, she kind of looks like an idiot yeah and then her eyebrows <laughs> oh yeah dog she <laughs> looked she asian <laughs> she looked asian bro i was like what the fuck oh lord she looked ridiculous but uh, i i think <laughs> She great, great heel. I think she's a great heel. I think for her, I think having her be uh, transitional here is a great role for her. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, it's, I think it's pretty obvious what's going to happen in SummerSlam, but I think the match should be should be amazing. I think it's going to be a really good match. Uh, again, on Raw, very women heavy show this week. Also, um, Ember Moon takes her first L to Sarah Logan. How'd you guys feel about that? I, I don't think I, I wouldn't have done it on TV, but I don't mind. It happening because Ember needs a program until she's ready to move on to I'm I'm assuming will be Alexa next. And I mm. think that they Riot Squad needs something to do. And I don't I'm not too mad about it. I'm like 
Uh, again, they need to wipe out all these undefeated streaks. Undefeated yeah. streaks are not. I I'm tired of them. Stop. I think undefeated so too. Streaks. And I think you know what? It makes Sarah. It makes Sarah Logan look good. It makes her look as strong as it as yeah. she probably could. I don't think you could have a back and forth riot squad feud with you know with um with Ember Moon just handedly beating both and expecting this feud to continue for the next couple of weeks. Like I, I I thought it was good. I thought it was fair. You know, it's it's fair. We know Ember Moon is a competitor. You know how she brings it in the ring. I think it's a fair L. And I think, you know what? Yeah, we don't need these undefeated streaks sort of making these characters a little bit more one-dimensional than they probably should be. And Sarah Logan looked really good in that match. That was the first match I ever seen from Sarah Logan that I was really impressed by. And it kind of shows that they can stand on their own twos while Ruby Riot is out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and she should, we haven't got an update on her yet. I think we're gonna get one at the end of the month or so. Uh, yeah, I, I think she she should be back by SummerSlam. I think I, I think it'd be cool to have her back. I, I it was less serious than originally predicted. So, um, hopefully she's back before September at least. Um, what do you guys think about the raw side of SummerSlam so far? I know Extreme Rules the raw side was kind of weak, but the raw side of SummerSlam we're actually gonna get a title match. Um, we have we don't we don't have a real direction for IC title yet, but we should or the tag titles. But I think far as far as the women go, I, I they're gonna have a pretty stacked women's side of, of that uh, of that show. We got Alexa Bliss versus Ronda Rousey at this point, or at least hopefully. So I'm not mad at that. I'm not mad at it. You know, Ronda Rousey's a competitor. Um, Sasha Bailey for sure. Sasha that's gonna Bailey. happen. Sasha Bailey. Um, we've got. You know, potentially Roman or Bobby, or maybe Roman and Bobby versus it's, Brock Lesnar. It's oh, it's gonna be Roman. It's gonna be Roman. It's one hundred percent gonna be Roman. Just, I'm God. saying that for the virtue of conversation. I know it's gonna be Roman, but it, it's, I don't need it. Fifty fifty booking, my friend. I love it. I, don't I you don't love it? it? Yes. It's like, oh man, you beat me when there was no stakes involved, but now I'm gonna beat you when it matters. So it's kind of like, <laughs> so it's like no one's gonna remember that extreme rules match. Everyone's gonna remember why he was the number one contender at SummerSlam. Um and then you know, I I think does anything else need to happen that's urgent on Raw? I mean, we, we need a Seth Rollins program. We need a we need yeah. an IC title program. Finn needs a program. Uh, they're gonna throw him in a multi man match. They're gonna Finn throw all of them into a multi man match. A six man oh, tag or something. Multi- we didn't talk I think about it might Finn be Baron winning. and Finnegan. Finn winning against Baron and Extreme Rules. Yeah, we I mean, didn't talk no, because he lost. He lost a three way. He lost a three way. He's a nobody, right? <laughs> yeah. He's a nobody, right? He's not he's nobody. A, Relax. He loses, he loses when it counts. Bro. He just loses when it counts, man. You know. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, man. Ever since Whatever, that one bro. time I, he won I, when it mattered, he lost when it counts. <laughs> no way! He won when it mattered against Bray Wyatt and AJ Styles. I mean that AJ Styles match. Yeah, like, did okay. it matter? Because it was it wasn't the actual match. It was supposed was, to happen. Was that for the championship or an opportunity? Oh, here we go. Here we go. All right. <laughs> hey man. And he had the he had the paint. He had the paint on. He had the paint on. Oh yeah, he did. He had the paint. He had the paint. Yeah, the oh, paint. that's that. The paint, the paint is for sure not coming back in Brooklyn. So I just need to <laughs> <laughs> the 
Oh my god! You know what? Let's run to SmackDown. We got it because I gotta get out yeah, of here. So. Let's run through SmackDown. <laughs> let's run through SmackDown. I don't know. Mills has Mills has things he's got to do. I'm pretty sure Cyrus does too. Uh, SmackDown, excellent show. I think it's pretty clear to me that SmackDown is like winning the winning the war this year. At least uh, Nakamura, to me, most improved this year. I think he's phenomenal in almost everything that he does in ring and out of the ring right now. I, he's a strong promo guy that I didn't even think was possible because I think he just he just never did really good promos in NXT. Here, right. his God Bless America taunt Fire. is fucking incredible to me. Fire. It's a... <laughs> it's really good. Nakamura, the champion, I'm, I'm behind it. I, I really love... I think that him and him, Matt... And, or not him, not Matt. Him, Jeff, and Randy, I think we'll have a barn burner of a fucking match at SummerSlam if that's the direction that they're going and I think that it will be. Uh, I love Psycho Randy Orton. Psycho Randy Orton is my man right now. Spooky. <laughs> Just, <laughs> him pulling on the like the, that, ga- that the, ga- the gauge, just the ear, that's the ear lobe, and it's just like there's a hole in it, and he looked like he was trying to rip it, but he, you know he's wrestling, he can't really rip it. But if he ripped it, it would have been incredible, and it also would not have been PG as WWE yeah. is. But it was such a visual, and it's so different, and to me, it's so vicious, and I'm just like, I love it, I love it. Make him the insane maniac that he is. I thought he was still the xenophobic maniac, but he's you know. <laughs> Maybe but you see, but you see, he, you see him leaving Nakamura alone. So maybe he just, <laughs> well, maybe it's because Jeff Hardy has that paint on his face. He's like, this is this is man of another world. Oh no! I need a, <laughs> his his skin I color a little bit different. No, I'm kidding. Let me not do that to Randy Orton. I don't. Let me not do that. Black and white paint. Let me not do this to Randy Orton. But because I don't think I don't I actually don't think Randy Orton's a racist. But <laughs> oh, but. But he retweets. We retweeted. He retweeted. Somebody said he retweeted Breitbart or some shit. And I was like, "All right, <laughs> we'll see what happens." I don't know. I, I don't know it, if that's true. I, I don't. What? I don't know. If that's true. I, I thought it was a great reintroduction back. I still don't like Randy Orton on a consistent basis on the show, just because I feel like he, he takes up a role that I don't feel like he's necessary in anymore. It's kind of like John Cena, where John Cena kind of floats in every couple of months or so. Mm-hmm. So he's not as necessary, and it, and it feels kind of fresh. I don't think Randy Orton needs to be on the show, you know, but every week. Every but, week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But uh, he, he did take a break for a while. He hasn't been seen on TV since, uh, I think, Shelton Benjamin came. Yeah, I mean, he takes a break every in. once in a while because he gets injured or something like that. But I just feel like, in just in general, like his schedule needs to be lighter. Like, he doesn't need to be on – he doesn't need to be in a program, to me, like heading for a major championship or anything. Like, he just needs to be there, show up, um, and, and sort of deliver as a sort of an attraction. If or that's KO possible. and leave. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think this program will be fun. Uh, you know what? I think it is a special program considering it's with Jeff Hardy, who is an, a major face in this, you know, in the WWE, has the unwavering support of a lot of people, and having Randy Orton, who's a despicable heel, you know, get at him. I, I think it's interesting. Um, I mean, I know you you're happy about this as well. The Miz went fucking ape shit. Woo! On on Daniel Bryan, <laughs> he had bars, bars, big bars. <laughs> Listen, bars, it's natural. What what else did we think was gonna happen? It's natural. Did I expect? <laughs> did I expect anything else? No, I expect these bars to come, and that you know, this Miz and Daniel Bryan thing literally might be the only reason why 
I would pay for a SummerSlam ticket. As high priced as it is, I feel like I need to be there in that moment to see two of my favorite wrestlers. One of my favorite wrestlers in Daniel Bryan, one of my favorite wrestlers in The Miz, favorite wrestler of all time, The Miz. Uh, <laughs> go at it. <laughs> okay. I just it was really good. I am gonna hate you. I am going to hate you for the next five weeks. I know oh, man. I'm going oh, to hate you. Lord. This is the program. I hope it leads in hell in a cell and we get that hell in a cell match. Even though it's like dangerous for Daniel Bryan to be in that match. Hey, no, man, he's, he's clear. Clear. No, it's not. He's cleared, man. He's clear. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you know, it's not it's not unsanctioned, man. He's cleared. <laughs> I mean, it's just, you know. You never know. You know what I'm saying? You never know in these type of situations. I thought you thought it would be cool if Tim White was in Hell in a Cell and then boom, his career was over. Oh, <laughs> the Hell in a Cell's uh, I, I, unforgiving metal structure, Satan's, you know, playground, all this other stuff that JR says. I I did enjoy that. Uh, I, I I do enjoy how, how this program starting. I did enjoy that uh, Team Hell No was the impetus of it happening. And I did, as much as people hated it, we knew that this was coming and I did like the way they kind of weaved in and out of different storylines to make this happen. I think again, you know, you guys are getting your wish. Like I said, it's not, it doesn't happen when you want it to, but it always happens in, in, in time. And I, and I think Daniel Bryan and the Miz is going to be a tremendous program for, for both guys. And I never would have thought the Miz would heat up Daniel Bryan like he did, but he, he fucking did it. He's once again, he surprised me. Yeah. Um, AJ Styles and Andrade Cien Almas. Boy, oh boy. What a match. I lo- did I love this match? I love this match. It was a sample. It was a nice sample because you know both of them could go completely bananas, ape shit off the wall if they wanted to. And people are complaining like, oh, why is he losing? Listen, it's fine. It's fine. This is not only does it set up as a contender, it sets up as someone who could hang with AJ Styles. It sets him up mm-hmm. as something. They gave a little taste of what they can do. They can, you know, do a lot more, obviously. It's, a, it's fine. It's literally fine. It was a good um, match. I just don't understand why everybody's so upset. Like that he it was lost? really I, good. Like there's there's no shame in losing to the fucking champion of the world. And I think people need to like re- like keep again, Andrade doesn't need to be undefeated. <laughs> no. Stop with the undefeated streaks. Stop the undefeated streaks. He has to lose. What better way to lose? Then with uh then to the actual champion he didn't lose to like Sankara you know he ended up beating Sankara a lot um I I do have a question though there there was a look that, that almost threw at AJ there was like the respect look and, and you know they don't do these things on they don't do these things on accident um I I have a, I have a, a so that just a, a a small question or or a thing to put in people's heads what if they flipped Andrade to a babyface. Mm, nah, <laughs> nah. I'm not. I'm why, not why, not? Um, why not? And it's not that. Oh my God, he works so much better as a heel. I just think that just everything with his character and everything that he sort of is, and 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 what he sort of represents, and just the way WWE do, do does faces that are international, and just kind of like kind of like hype up i don't know it's it to me it just doesn't feel right it, it wouldn't feel right to me it just wouldn't feel right currently i think we build you know good stock and good value as a heel and then we turn him face like somewhere further down the line but as of right now nah uh i'll say can selena do a face promo and you know 
not be mean as she usually is. I would assume they would dead her if he turned face. <laughs> no, they're not oh, deading her. They're I... not. They're not deading her. They're not gonna dead her. They, Here's my thing. Need Zelina, Zelina, Zelina is his heater. Yeah. She can be anything. Like Paul, remember when Brock was a face for that for that second against the Whites? Paul was his heater, and he was the guy that was in danger. Or, or against Samoa Joe, he was in danger against Samoa Joe and stuff like that. Like Zelina will always be his heater. She will always be the one that can turn him face or heel, depending on what it is. Like if someone starts fucking with Zelina, boom, face turn right there. Right, because he's gonna protect yeah. her. Right, you know, and and that's why it would work. That's why it would work. He didn't. He doesn't need to say I'm a good guy. You know, I I I'm with all the good guys now. My thing is this SmackDown is a heavy show now that Randy Orton's a heel again. Right. I think that someone's gonna have to flip. It doesn't look like it's gonna be Rusev. I think if Almas flips, you automatically have an Almas Nakamura program already set. Almas Samoa Joe already set. Almas Miz already set. Why not make him a babyface? Mm. I'm with it, but I, I'll, I'm not. I'll just see. I'll just see the uh, the presentation of it. You know? As a heel, as a is a heel, who can he go against right now? John He's Tino. not going against AJ right now. <laughs> no, John, Ty, what? Ty, Shut the Ty fuck Dillard, out of here. Ty, Ty Dillinger, bro. That's, that's what I'm saying. Uh, like, there's no there's nowhere for him to go as a heel. Uh, he he could face our truth, man. Daniel Bryan, come on. We got we got Jeff Hardy. He's got the Miz right now. So you're gonna put you're gonna be mad because Andrade's not gonna be on TV for the next couple of months because Miz and Daniel Bryan is gonna be a long term feud. I don't see that feud mm -hmm. ending until October. Listen. You got Sin Cara, bro. They're, they're tearing it up right now. <laughs> so he's See, Meals, you're not even making sense. Hold you're, on. Meals, you're on. not even trying to make it make sense. Hold on. Like, you're hold just, on, you're hold saying on. no. Hold on. I'm saying no because I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's, Cara, that's why I'm saying. Uh, Sin Cara and Almas for five weeks? <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> five exactly. more weeks? Like, I mean, I'm with it. Whatever. You know. Rusev. Come <laughs> on, Rusev. There we go. He's a heel. Rusev. Rusev is not Rusev's not gonna turn face. He's not gonna turn face. He's gonna turn face. Come uh, on. It, it, no, he's not. English, he's gonna turn face. Aiden English is gonna be a face. Aiden English is gonna be a face. What? I didn't see Rusev the turn. guy who cost him the yes. match? He obviously yes. Did you see his promo? It. It's called Rusev Day. It's not uh, called Aiden English Day. So Aiden's can... not Aiden is not exactly Aiden is not his heater. Aiden, Aiden was his heater in the match. He's the one who did all the despicable things in the match. Like pull up the oh, turnbuckle. Like, that was the uh, reason. I'm talking why. about promo wise. Promo wise, Rus promo wise, Rusev can still give a promo and still get reactions. He doesn't need Aiden for that. Of course, but I think Aiden's the heel. You see, you're choosing huh? not to see. No, like, I'm not choosing not. I'm pretty <laughs> what? sure Rusev. What are we? You're acting like Rusev has not been a face before this AJ Styles program. Why are you acting like it's so bizarre? He wasn't a face. No, hey, he wasn't. What are you talking about? He was a face in the Fatal 4-Way match. He was a face in... Where the, when the fuck did he Please, huh? mom and dad, stop fighting. What are you talking about? Mills, he was never a face. Oh, Lord. Daniel Bryan. He was a tweener. He was never a face. Okay, I'll give you tweener then. I'll give you tweener. <laughs> I'll give you tweener. He was a Mule, face in the thing. He got cheered at WrestleMania. Mule. What are you talking oh, about? Lord. That he doesn't mean cheered. he's a face. What do you mean? He did Undisputed all the face things. He did all the face things, bro. Like, come on. Undisputed like, Eric gets cheered. The way he came, the way he came from, un uh, whatever. It is what it is. I'm not arguing. I got to go back to work. Choosing <laughs> not to see Mule, you're choosing not to see. I'm telling you, and everyone listening, I'm telling you. I think they might turn Alma's face. 
I mean, if they I really see it, whatever. the way he looked at AJ, the way he looked at AJ at the end, he didn't attack him. They didn't necessarily shake hands either, but he didn't. They didn't act. And even the the, the post the post match video they put out after it wasn't heelish. I mean, uh, just saying. If they do it, no, nah, I'm not saying. If they do it, they do it. I don't really you know. Oh, now you don't care. All right. Anyway. <laughs> I don't care. I didn't care in the beginning. You asked me a question and I responded. Can, right. can the look saying. that he I'm gave AJ be the cover of this episode? Please, we. I hope that they have a digital of that. I hope it. Like the look, I'm telling you. I'll look that, it like, up because the thing is, not even Zelina got mad, and not even Zelina like was like super heelish at the end. It almost seemed as though, and I said the same. I said this about fucking Jen Hall last year, and you didn't believe me then either. Then I said like a right up. I said this. This looked like it might be almost really kind of conceding the whole cocky shit and turning or turning a new leaf. I mean, if he does, he does. Oh, I, oh, I wouldn't prefer it. I wouldn't prefer it. I wouldn't prefer it. I honestly, I honestly wouldn't prefer it. I honestly wouldn't prefer it. I would prefer him to stay as a heel and, and go against all the top faces on the brand. If you're asking me what, what I prefer, which ones? What, what the fuck, man? Let me just answer which the fucking ones? question. Hold on, let me answer the fucking question, bro. You guys are asking me a question. I'm answering the question. Everyone's making criticism. Like you asked me a question. What it would I prefer if he turned stay face to turn heel? I would prefer he stayed heel. Just because it doesn't make sense doesn't mean anything. Like I just prefer <laughs> I just prefer <laughs> him as a heel. It doesn't matter if it doesn't make sense. I just prefer this. I just prefer him as a heel. It was a matter. It's a preference. It's a choice Mills, of preference. He would, he would have no program. Meals. He would have no programs if he I prefer right him now. as a because heel. Brian's busy. AJ's busy. Jeff's busy. Where would he go? I don't fucking know. Okay, so I he's not gonna be on TV. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't care. I don't. I prefer him as a heel. If you're asking me what I prefer, <laughs> but he's if, not gonna be on if TV. If you then. prefer him heel, he's not gonna be on TV, so you'll never see him as heel. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say. No, I don't know what to say. You ask me a question and then you get my my response and then you ridicule me for my response. Like, what was the point of asking the question? Just say you want him as a face and he's, he's going to turn face. I'd be like, okay, cool. No, because I'm trying to have a debate. And I'm trying to have a debate. And you're, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to show you why I'm saying listen, it. Listen, I'm not saying I'm not going to have him against the top faces. Listen, I'm not one of your little friends from all Dev Digital, all right? Where you do oh. the little faces. <laughs> all right? <laughs> Oh my god, hit the horn, hit the horn, baby. Come on, <laughs> I knew it. So let's strap up it right I knew out. It. I knew it. Listen, <laughs> listen, let's cap. All right, so one show. more point, one more, one more point. <laughs> Carmella, Becky, uh, how do you feel about Carmella and Becky at, at SummerSlam? It's fine, hey, Becky, <laughs> he doesn't care anymore. I really don't. No, not about anything. I don't care about the, the match. I thought it was fine. It is what it is. I'm glad Becky's getting oh. a shot because I know a All lot right. of people are advocating for her. Uh, I think she wins here. I think, I think honestly, I think somebody flips on the women's side too. Uh, I think it might be Oscar, but we'll see. Um, yeah, I, I hold, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna ask you, Mills. So uh, <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> this, this, <no. laughs> oh, and Becky has already beaten James Ellsworth, so hopefully she could get around that. Yeah, I, apparently that's something that Oscar just couldn't wrap her. her she's gonna have uh, some. She's gonna have to have someone in her corner or something. She she that, just and it, ignore. I think and that's a good that's a good point. It was having Oscar in her corner keeps Oscar in the mix because I don't think that they want to exactly push Oscar out the mix. Right. I would I would enjoy that as well and have it be like a three way type thing. 
Um, but yes, that was SmackDown. I, I would advise everyone to really just watch SmackDown. I thought it was really good. I thought even the uh, Kofi Kingston and Eric Young match was really, really good. Um, mm-hmm. Just a solid, great two hours of television. Um, and once again, uh, I, I know that we're, we're kind of running long here, but uh, thank everybody for listening to the show. Thanks, Cyrus, for being on the show with us this week and, and getting you. to experience the, the arguments, the debates in real time. <laughs> Big facts. Now I can't wait to <laughs> I can't wait to not listen to this episode because I'm on it. Shut up! Listen oh, to the great. episode. Everyone, listen to the episode. <laughs> don't don't just because you're on it now. You, you got to listen back. I listen back all the time. I think I sound smart. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, as always, uh, we we have a, a we're we're kind of on a summer season. Uh, we're we're kind of like a lot of shows are on hiatus right now as we build up to new shows. But also, all we'll always check. The airs every single week, and you also have late feeds. A new episode will be airing next week. A very surprise, cool episode that we're, we're actually going to be recording this week, uh, in lieu of our Will Smith episode. So, you guys get a bonus episode Ooh. of late feeds. We next got two week. belts coming uh, this weekend, too. Two belts coming. Yes, I was getting to two belts after late fees. I'm, I go, I go Thursday, Friday, and then Sunday. All right, damn, cool. I never, I, I didn't forget about two belts. All right, damn, are you, are you mad at me, Mills? Are you, are you, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I'm Please not. Stop fighting. No, I'm good. <laughs> I'm not. All right, cool. All right, cool. So yes, don't don't forget about two bucks this week, and we also have uh we have uh, some reups of our playlist coming very very soon, uh, including RNC Radio and R&B and RNC. Uh, I I want to thank everyone for fucking with the Blush playlist as well. I thought that that was extremely well done. Really good playlist. I thought absolutely. Uh, we've got we've had a lot of good playlists over the last couple of weeks. So you know, just check it out on the Spotify. Find RNC Radio on Spotify. Look it up on Apple Music. It's all there. We got all the links. You can follow us at RNC Radio Live on Twitter. And that would pretty much be the hub for every everything where you find everything. And our Twitter is about to be very litty. So check out and follow us at RNC Radio Live. Uh, we will be it will be very active in the next couple of weeks. So you know, shout out to Cameron Hay, who will be uh who has just joined the team and he will be our social media coordinator here. Uh so send a shout out to him at Cameron with a K underscore H A Y. Shout out to him. And as always, thank you guys for listening to the A Show. Uh, until next time, we'll have the latest and greatest in wrestling and NXT grades <laughs> next week. <laughs> until next time, uh, thanks, Cyrus, once again. And uh, thanks, everybody, for watching or listening. I always say watch, listening to the show. Until next time, peace. Happy Rusev Day. <laughs>